Welcome to the 12th MISO Experience Session. We hope that you're enjoying the session so far, and today will be no exception, as we bring you a session from MISO Experience Partner, Align. I'm Dr. Lisa Howard, MISO Board Member and MISO Experience Planning Committee Member, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Drew Ferris, who will present ITERO Efficiencies to Increase Your Conversion Rates. Dr. Ferris attended the University of Missouri, Kansas City for his DDS degree, and received a certification and Master's of Science in Orthodontics and Dental Facial Orthopedics at Loma Linda University. He owns three private practices in Santa Barbara, California. Dr. Ferris has distinguished himself as a leader in the innovative use of both clear liners and fixed appliances in first phase, adolescent, and complex interdisciplinary treatment. He has lectured nationally and internationally on a variety of orthodontic topics, including diagnosis, treatment, and practice management. Dr. Ferris is a top 1% Invisalign Diamond Plus provider, a published author, and an Invisalign faculty member. He is also a faculty member in orthodontics at Loma Linda University. In addition to working in his practice and frequent lecturing, he is director of Santa Barbara Dental Study Group, where he serves as an advisor on orthodontic diagnosis and treatment technique. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Drew Ferris. All right, thank you so much, Lisa. So let me do this, let me share my, my presentation. So like Lisa said, today, uh, today I'm gonna be talking about ITERO efficiencies um, within my practice. So basically talking about um, how I've created a, a digital experience within my office and, and what that's really meant to my practice. Um, so, so excited to be part of such a great event. Um, let's get rolling with everything. So like Lisa said, a little bit about myself. Um, what I'm going to be talking about today is, uh, although I am a consultant with Align, um, I'm just going to be telling you about my own experiences, my own opinions. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Um, just to give you a little bit of an idea about my practice, um, I know that Lisa said I have three in Santa Barbara area. Um, Here's a little uh, kind of clip of, of what it looks like. This was a, a publication that was published earlier this year in March. And so um, recently just built a, a brand new standalone orthodontic practice. And, um, you know, what I really wanted to do is incorporate, you know, as much technology that would be advantageous to myself uh, practice wise from a system standpoint. Um, and then also from a patient experience standpoint and, uh, and a patient care standpoint. So that's a little bit of what, what my practice looks like. Um, so let's just get into kind of what my experience has been. I know everyone listening, um, you know, everyone has a different style of practice, different um, experiences as far as, you know, when do you jump into digital? When, you know, are you, are you the type of person that's a early adopter? You kind of wait and see and, and, um, and for me, I mean, I'm definitely, I don't say that I'm the first, you know, to, to adopt everything because I definitely um, want it to make sense within my practice. And I want to make sure that whatever I'm bringing into the practice is, um, is something that's going to be uh, efficient and effective and, um, you know, really on kind of brand with, with what I'm trying to create uh, within my office. Um, but if we look at my experience just in general, um, my practice has, has kind of switched to, you know, a whole kind of digital platform with digital systems. And I would say the majority of what has kind of caused that switch was, is my, um, really high use or a high share of chair of aligners within the practice. So, um, for example, in 2017 was where I kind of hit the the threshold of more aligners, or at least even at 50% with my traditional uh, fixed uh, braces cases. Then as we go in through the next year, 2018, we got to 60% share of chair with aligners, 68% uh, in 2019, uh, 2020. So last year we were at 73%. And so that number for me, it just keeps, uh, keeps increasing, which I love because for me, from a practice efficiency standpoint, from, um, 
you know, just all the different uh, digital aspects that using aligners allows me to do from the, you know, patient acquisition and experience standpoint to the um, digital treatment planning. Um, all of those things have been critical in, in the success and in the growth that I've seen within my practice. So here's just a little look at numbers, like as those, um, you know, share of chair have gone up, practice profitability and practice production has gone up a whole lot as well. And so these are the numbers that show you that. Um, and then if we look into, you know, 2020, um, 32% growth in the practice, um, just from a, a, you know, gross production standpoint, and I took six weeks off um, due to COVID, where I was just seeing a few emergencies here and there. Um, which within orthodontics and especially within a practice that's heavy in Invisalign, you know, I don't have a lot of emergencies, which is nice. Um, and then as of, you know, today, you know, even from last year, we're up 76%. So the growth has been pretty uh, eye-opening for me and pretty amazing to see, but I, I really contribute a lot of it to kind of the digital experience that's been created in that uh, digital platform, you know, kind of from end to end that Align has, um, has created over the years. And so here's a, for me a really important, because I, I was a finance and real estate major in college. I really love business. So I love, you know, all aspects of business. And, um, and so, you know, I'm always looking at how other businesses do what they do. And, it, and it's so fun for me to see how many commonalities there are in almost every single business um, compared to what we do within dentistry. I think in dentistry, it's nice because we, for the most part, most of our practices were, um, you know, we can make changes and we can do things and we can pivot and we can adjust a lot easier um, than these, these massive corporations, um, which I think is important because if you look at business growth curves or just business cycles kind of in general, um, what you'll see is most, mostly what happens is you'll have growth, but at some point you're going to kind of plateau. And then if you don't either make some changes or, you know, renovate what you're doing or, um, you know, be innovative and adapt, then, then most likely you're not going to keep growing and you're going to start declining. And, you know, I think it's really hard in, in dentistry to, you know, a lot of times you'll get to a point where you're like, oh, well, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy with the amount of money that the practice is generating. I just want to stay there. You know, I just want to stay at that plateau. And I think that's really, really hard to do. Um, unless you're in a place where there's just really no competition, you know, you're either probably growing or you're declining. And so we see that in businesses across the board, even businesses that, you know, that they'll have some of the smartest business minds kind of making decisions um, behind the scenes on the direction that the overall company is going. And, and still these big corporations have, have failed. So you'll see like the blockbusters and you'll see the Kodaks and you'll see you know, companies that were at one time were, were just at the head of their industry and then they just didn't adapt or didn't change. And usually what they didn't adapt to or change to is the digital part of it. And, you know, um, kind of sticking with the analog or kind of status quo of what they had. And then they started to decline. I don't want to see that within my business. I always want to see my business growing and so that was one of the big reasons why I decided to, you know, increase my align utilization, my align share of chair, um, and really get into not only just treating adults with Invisalign, but treating the growing patients, um, you know, across the board. And this is, this is really one of the main reasons why is if you just look at kind of the, the pool of patients, um, you know, there's, there's a massive opportunity, um, say there's 58 million total teens or total growing patients between six and 19 years old in the U.S. And, you know, depending on the studies, you can say 70 to 80% of 
that group could benefit from orthodontic treatment. And so that's 33 plus million people that could, and uh, you know, only about 2 million people um, are starting orthodontics um, annually in that group of patients. So, or potential patients. So for me, that looks like a massive opportunity. And that's why, um, you know, I don't want to just focus on treating adults with Invisalign. I want to also be able to treat my teens and growing patients. Fortunately, Align has really helped with some of the, their products and some of the things that have been created over the years um, with, for example, Invisalign First, which is directed for first phase treatment. Um, Invisalign teen product, mandibular advancement product, all these things that we can use in growing patients and have really good success with. So I think now is, you know, has been, or the last couple of years has been more eye-opening than ever on that we want to future-proof our practice. And so that, that term has been used more lately, future-proof. You know, you don't, I didn't really think about it before until it was probably, I think, 2017 in Santa Barbara, we had some mudslides and we had some fires and it was just, a, you know, some natural disasters that basically shut down our, our big freeway that goes through town. Um, it caused a lot of disruption in businesses. Some businesses just weren't able to open. Um, and, you, and we started to see like, well, how are we going to adapt or how are you going to survive if you can't physically function out of your office? And then, you know, fast forward to probably the most unexpected thing ever with, um, you know, having a pandemic, how, how to, uh, you know, modify what you're doing, adapt to the fact that maybe, you know, we're not going to be able to see patients within our office for an extended period of time, or maybe the consumer, the patient is kind of changing their mindset on, you know, what they're comfortable with how much they actually want to come into the dental office, um, that type of thing. And so for me, it's been a lot about anticipating what future things could happen and then developing methods and systems on how to minimize the effects of those shocks and stresses um, that could happen from future events. Because I guarantee that, you know, say I'm practicing for the next 30 years, I guarantee that this isn't the only kind of shocking or eye-opening thing that we've seen um, with the pandemic pandemic i know there's a lot of things ahead and i just want to be prepared for that so that i can still continue to provide for my patients so i think you know to kind of simplify my my uh kind of vision and what i want to do within my practice is it really comes down to two things all i want to do is provide the best patient care, the best clinical care that I could provide. Um, so I, I, that's a focus in my practice. And I think, you know, as an orthodontic specialist, there, there's more demand for that than ever. Um, just because there's so many different avenues that, that you can get treatment, you know, it can be from mail order um, to, you know, different opportunities to have orthodontics within, you know, within uh, for any particular patient. And so as a specialist, I just really feel the need that if I'm going to treat patients, I need to treat them at the highest level possible. Um, and it's not that the patient always knows that, but for me, one, it feels good that I know that I'm providing the best care that they could get anywhere. And two, I think they, they, you know, patients deserve that, whether they know that they're getting a socked in class one, you know, great occlusion in the end or not. Um, so that's really the first part. And then the second part is since a lot of times they don't know what an excellent orthodontic result is, you know, I also want them to be having an amazing experience from, from the minute they call our office throughout the treatment process. And by the time they're finished with treatment, I just want it to be an experience for them where um, it's exceptional. They're, they're super excited to be in the office. Um, it's an experience like they don't, you know, receive at their, you know, internal med doc or wherever they go, they don't have an experience like that. And I think if you can do that, if you can provide really high quality care and if you can provide a great experience, 
it's going to be a win-win and there's no doubt that your practice is going to excel and grow from a clinical care standpoint and a patient experience standpoint i would say leveraging technology has been one of the um, easiest and best ways to be able to maximize both of those and so it was really making that shift from going from an analog to a digital approach um, Align has made that easy on me. And I know there's a lot of aligner companies out there um, at this point. And I know I'm, um, you know, a consultant with Align and on faculty with Align and, and I'm talking to you about Invisalign. But I always tell my audience that if there was a product that I could treat my patients with better, so my outcomes were better and they were having a better experience, um, I would use it, you know, so it's just, I want what's best for my patient. I want what's best for the systems within my office. But the reason why all my aligners that I do within my office are, are, you know, Invisalign aligners with Align technology is just because their end-to-end digital platform is hands down better than anything that I've seen on the market. Um, and it allows me to do everything that I want to do. So I treat super challenging cases. So we know the you know, effectiveness is there just as far as, um, you know, the materials that they've invested in and the accuracy and all of that stuff. But then, you know, all these things that they're developing with within the, the scanning part of it. So the iTero um, and then the applications and software within the iTero, um, you know, enabling me to engage patients, enabling me to educate patients. Um, and then to digitally treatment plan my cases has been, um, you know, what's, what's come such a long way within my office, but it's just also why I continue to use Align because there's just no one that's that at that level, in my opinion, yet. Um, and, you know, depending on how much, you know, Align and these companies continue to invest in research and development, um, I, th I think companies have a long way to go until they, to get, they get to where Align's at. <clears throat> or to catch a line. So if we look at 2020, for example, um, and within my office in 2020, I was the first uh, orthodontic practice in North America to have the uh, iTero element two with the, with the NERI technology. And so I made this slide just thinking about looking at the technology within the scanner and thinking this is this is crazy how much has changed over an eight or nine year period because I remember when we you know uh, adopted the first scanner within our practice and it was one of the first iteros and one of the like one of the main reasons why we decided to to buy that was because I remember my iTero rep was saying, you do this many aligners within your practice right now, your PVS impression material is costing you what you would be paying your monthly, you know, payment on your, um, you know, on your scanner and actually even more. So you would save money by scanning. Um, which at that point kind of made it a no brainer. And that was one of the main reasons why we switched to, to scanning for our Invisalign patients. And now I look back, I'm like, that's, that's crazy. That was the determining thing because there are so much more to, you know, um, using a scanner within our office now than just saving money on PVS. Um, and so it's, it's just uh, across the board from the value added to the new patient ex you know, experience, um, an exam, and then how we use this for the systems within our office to create efficiency and create profitability. Um, so here's the newest iTero scanner. I have two of these um, now, and these came out, you know, in 2021. Um, but we have caries detection. We have a faster processor now, um, smaller footprint. There's there's a dedicated AI chip in here, which will be important as the software continues to learn what we're doing as doctors and how to design ClinChecks and, um, and create aligners quicker and that type of thing. Um, <clears throat> so here's kind of the two that I, that I have now. I have one of the portable ones and I have this one. And then that adds to the other ones I have in my office. So I think I have five at this point. Um, 
and each one is heavily used. And so each time I'm going to add a new one, there has to be a reason for it. And, um, but each time I do, I notice a bump in production because it allows me to start more new patients. It allows me to be more efficient with the patients that we currently have. Um, and so my advice to anybody that has a scanner um, or anybody that's going to get a scanner, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy it or if you have it, use it. So like for example, for me, every single new patient exam in my office gets an gets a um, iTero scan. That's part of their records as well as every patient, new patient gets a CBCT. This is um, uh, Plan Mecca is what I what I use for my 3D X-ray. That's ProFace technology, so I can peel their face back and I can get into um, you know their skull. And I I show this to every patient because I want to leverage this technology, and I want to take it on every patient because I know now what I didn't know when I was looking at everything in 2D and it's really helped me treatment plan my cases. I can, um, you know, I don't need to do it just for impacted canines like this one. I do it for every patient because I can see where the teeth are within the bone. I can evaluate the joints. I can evaluate the airway. Um, there's just a lot of things that I can see. Second part to the kind of digital acquisition of images and records is the iTero scan scanner. And I would say that this is the centerpiece of my technology within my office because it allows me to do so many things. So I can educate patients. I can engage patients. Um, I can create that wow experience for them. Um, I can diagnose decay or at least I'm an orthodontist, right? I'm not treating decay, but I do like to, to be able to see um, that. And I like the parents to know that I'm more about overall oral health than just straightening some teeth in the cosmetic side of orthodontics. And that's what this Neary technology has really allowed me to uh, illustrate to my patients. Um, you know, the, the iTero experience in general is allowed, you know, there's, there's fewer emergency appointments. The aligners fit so much better because these things are so accurate. Um, patients would way rather have this than, a, than an impression. Um, and then I can use all the applications within it to engage the patient, educate the patient. And then on the back end, I can use it to treatment plan. So I do <clears throat> a lot of interdisciplinary case when, within the office. So setting up cases for restorative dentistry. And it, it used to kind of be me as an orthodontist with braces, one, not not capturing a big portion of the adult population because although their dentist might know that they could benefit from orthodontics, the patient never wanted to proceed because most adults, at least in Santa Barbara where I'm at, don't want to wear braces. So starting to be able to use aligners at a really high level and do the same movements that I'm doing with braces and a lot of times even more effectively or more efficiently um, has opened up a huge opportunity um, to work with dentists on bigger, more interdisciplinary cases where we're working with the surgeons and the, and the restorative docs. And it's all comes down to, I need to put the teeth where the restorative doctor wants the teeth so that they can restore to the best of their ability with the best aesthetics, with the best um, durability, all of the, those things. And so before it used to be like, you know, me asking the, uh, asking the orthodontist or asking the restorative dentist, like, Hey, are we there yet? How's it look? Like, do you have enough clearance? Is this what you're looking for? Now I can use the technology within the iTero software to physically move the teeth on the screen to a position where I have a destination. I have a, uh, an endpoint, And then I don't keep sending back over the restorative dentist because I know where I need to go. And then it's really about me designing an effective and efficient ClinCheck that is basically like the turn-by-turn -turn navigation to get to that endpoint that we uh, agreed upon as an interdisciplinary team. You know, if from an interdisciplinary standpoint, I think it's just going to continue to get better because you know, for example, like a line, you know, fairly recently invested in ExoCAD, which is one of the biggest and best softwares for this type of interdisciplinary approach where you have the 
implant placement software and you have you know the the design software within it that kind of bridges the gap between the orthodontics and the other um, you know the other specialties um, and through this what I expect is better patient outcomes and a better patient experience which I told you is kind of sums up what I want to do within my office so it all all kind of goes together um, so this 5D technology and being able to um, you know, scan my patients and being able to look for decay is nice because it kind of makes it not just a, you know, kind of a one-way street where I get refer referrals from general dentists, but at the same time, like the general dentists in town know that I'm monitoring their oral, oral health when they come in and I take a lot of scans. So, I mean, I take um, scans for additional aligners. I take scans on every new patient. I take scans on patients, moms when they want to see simulations of what their teeth would look like um, all this is good for practice growth but it's also good for me being able to refer back to the dentist and say hey i noticed something suspicious you might want to check it out um, patients love it because they know that i'm i'm about their oral health and taking care of them dentists love it because they ultimately end up getting some work and you know not maybe necessarily letting things go too far where traditionally in orthodontics you know, I think sometimes the uh, GPs I work with looked at uh, orthodontics as like a black hole. It's like, well, I don't want to send over to the, um, you know, to the orthodontist because they're going to disappear for two to three years, probably spend all their money and not come back or not do what they're, you know, what we initially set out to do. And using the Itero uh, scanner and, and all the digital aspects on educating the patients and then working with the doctors, including being able to look at decay has really helped um, eliminate that because we can work collaboratively and treat efficiently together. So here's what it looks like. So just think of it as like the inverse of um, what an x-ray would look at look like. So the less dense area, for example, the dentin you can see shows up whiter, but what the interproximal decay is, it looks like a white little triangle. Um, and so, yeah, it's amazing how accurate this thing is at, at being able to, to see those things. Um, so something I take on every patient and I use it on every patient because I want to show them, I want to leverage the technology that we're using and I want to be able to educate the patient. So pretty straightforward on like the user friendliness of it. Um, but it's basically just taking this magnifying glass and scanning it, um, around the occlusal surface of the teeth. And then I can see interproximally. So best practices for using the scanner, I would say one is get a scanner if you don't have one. So, um, you know, an iTero element, the new scanners are phenomenal. Um, when you do get a scanner or if you do have a scanner, then with that iTero, you want to scan every single new patient. So if you're a GP, um, you know, I tell them scan their, scan their hygiene patients, right? If you're, um, you know, but scan everybody for us as orthodontists, like we're, we're gonna scan every new patient. It adds literally a minute, 30 to two minutes. I train, um, everyone is cross-trained within my office to scan. Even my front office can scan now, um, super user-friendly, but then I also make sure that the, um, you know, I also make sure that I have one or two dedicated um, records texts that are just super fast at because in that new patient exam, I don't want to add more time than than necessary. So, um, so, you know, they're scanning at like a minute 30, every new patient gets scanned. I don't care if they're six years old or if they're 90 years old. Um, I use the, I always showcase the technology, the NERI technology, the simulator use it to educate, I use it to motivate patients. They love being able to see the final result. Um, the way I use the simulator is the simulator doesn't always create what I'm driving to create. And a lot of times it doesn't because for example, I don't go in and I don't manipulate it before I get into the new patient exam. It's already pulled up when I get in there. And so I just look at it with the patient. And if something's not exactly like I want it, I just adjust outcome and move it on the screen. And just me touching it and moving a tooth is all I need to do to the one them know that I'm detail oriented and gonna make sure that everything ends up 
in the ideal position, but two, um, they just see, it's just a, the wow factor of, whoa, you can just move teeth like that. And, and then I explain, like, for example, it's always been us using our hands saying, oh, we're going to intrude. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then they're like, well, does that make my teeth shorter? Does it bury my teeth if you're going to move them like that? And then I show them on the screen. No, everything remodels with it. You see the gum tissue move with it. So it's just been really helpful. And then, like I said, communicating with our general dentist, um, we can have a, a destination on where we want to go. So really great, such a big value add for why to start treatment within the practice if you leverage your ITERO properly. Um, so kind of the three C's is just cutting edge technology. There's always a wow factor with it. Um, you have to obviously use it and the more patients you use it on, the better. So when I'm scanning you know, other, other family members and all of that. It's just for the wow factor. And you'd be amazed at how many teens come in for treatment or first phase come in for treatment and the parents decide to do treatment with them um, just because of taking that scan um, at the new patient exam while they're waiting for me to come in. Um, and then confidence. So confidence that we're taking care of their overall oral health. Um, you know, getting patient or getting your team to scan quickly. We have just kind of a training protocol on how to scan you get them on the model first, um, and then they start scanning their team members. And then from there, then they start scanning patients. Um, so that's, that's been really, really beneficial. As far as a practice uh, efficiency and profitability standpoint, like the clinical systems that I've been able to create, um, you know, with my aligned protocols within my office, um, aligner protocols are are amazing. So, I mean, from, um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing patients every 12 to 15 weeks at this point, I can monitor them virtually if I need to, which is huge for the future proofing part of the practice, because whenever we went down for six, six weeks due to the pandemic, um, my 80% of the patients within my practice were still making progress because they were in aligners. So those braces patients, they were kind of dead in the water where, um, I didn't, it didn't really add to my treatment time, not being able to see patients like I normally uh, normally would. Um, definitely a reduction, not only in the amount of chair side assistance. So you'll hear people talk about the plastic employee, but the more aligners that you do, the less employees that you need. And I've definitely seen that within my office. So I do a, a pretty high amount of production, but at the same time, I probably don't have as big of a team as you would think to do that. And that's solely um, contributed to, to being an aligner heavy practice and um, seeing patients less frequently than I do with my braces. Um, but then also like what's actually being done at each appointment is more efficient. So we can see more patients in a day without having more chair side assistance. The other part that for me that's been huge is it's not only replaced the need for, for multiple assistance, which helps with payroll, but what really has helped me with payroll too is not having to have another doctor. So I basically had purchased, uh, I was an associate for a year, then uh, my senior partner and I, we were partners for four years. And then um, about five years ago, I bought the second half of the practice and we at the time had two practices and basically would work separately and have both offices open and do that, which makes complete sense. Um, except what I realized is as we, as I was transitioning into full owner of the practice and my senior partner was retiring, I realized with all the systems that I could create within the practice, I didn't actually have to bring on another doctor although we kept growing more and more because I can basically see twice as many new patient starts um, and still the chair time not be more full and if anything be reduced. And so that's actually saved me the, uh, the you know, having a, a, a doctor's salary to pay for if I had an associate. So it's been really big. Um, one of the things with doing a lot of aligners is you got to work on systems so that you're not constantly in front of the computer all the time looking at that. And in that, I've uh, created a, um, a ClinCheck coordinator role within my office. 
my ClinCheck coordinators are responsible for inputting everything and I'll show you that. Um, here's some more technology that you can leverage. So this is um, the in-face smile technology. So the one, the, the, the kind of key piece we were missing was seeing what that change would look like in their face. Because yes, it's dramatic on the simulator, but when it's in their face, it, it has a lot more impact. And so this is, um, you know, a patient I can at their, um, you know, initially I can show them what this looks like within their face um, in developing the ClinCheck and putting that ClinCheck within their face. Okay. Um, if we look at the consumer expectation, everybody now knows how to use Zoom. Everybody knows um, you know, kind of expects when they go to a business, they expect it to be a digital experience. And so it's no difference in going to the orthodontist. People expect to see things di digitized. And so for me, I want to create as least amount of friction within my office from start to finish from a new patient acquisition and through the whole process. And, um, and that's kind of what the consumer expects at this point. And so that's what we want to create. And then, you know, it's only been kind of amplified due to the, you know, economic uncertainty and the, you know, all these different mandates that are putting in place, especially out here in California. Um, I know you guys know about those too, and it can put a crunch on the business if, uh, if we're not operating from a, a digital standpoint, for sure. So... <clears throat> One thing to kind of take note is, is obviously everybody from adults to millennials to post-millennials, everyone has a different idea of what a good experience is within their head. And so for me, I, um, I use what's called the rule of three, which is, which is what kind of psychologists and within marketing, they say is one of the most persuasive numbers. But basically what the rule of three is, is if you give them three options, that's the most ideal. So for example, for exams, I give three options. So I have traditional exam, express exam, virtual exam. The way that they look within the office, traditional is about 60 minutes, express is 30 minutes, virtual is 20 minutes. Um, traditional go through everything. So all the records are taken initially. I go in, I spend 10 to 12 minutes, uh, you know, looking at the patient and then spending time explaining the treatment plan, going over the simulation within the iTero scanner, um, <clears throat> going over everything with them. A lot of adults love that. They love that I spend time with them. They love that they feel like they got this full experience. But what I started to notice is like, just because some people thought that was a good experience, other people are like, I don't have time to be here for an hour. Like I'm busy. I need, you know, I need to get in, get out, you know, this kind of immediate gratification thing and this immediate like knowledge uh, acquisition part where they're like, just tell me how much it's going to cost. Can you do it? And how long it's going to take? That's all I want to know. And so for those, those are these express exams where all I do is take an iTero scan and I take a CBCT. So that takes my team less than five minutes. And then I walk in, I look at their simulation with them. I tell them how much, I tell them uh, that I can do it. I tell them how long it's going to take. Treatment coordinator comes in, tell them how much it's going to cost when they commit to treatment, then they can get any uh, additional records that are needed. But that's how we, uh, create that. And then the third option is virtual. So I have smile snap, which is a widget on my website where they can actually submit photos at their own time. So people are submitting photos three, 4am and I'll do an evaluation of in the morning, send back to them what the cost is going to be, how long it's going to take. Um, or we do smile consult, which is involved or within Alliance platform where it's connected with zoom and I can actually just get on zoom and do that. So I have a whole virtual column next to my other columns where I just pop in and my team already has a computer set up with a webcam and everything. And it'd be like me just walking into a live patient, except they're just on the screen and I can do that. A lot of our patients that either work from home and they're in IT and stuff like that, they're like, I've always wanted to do this. I just didn't want to have to go to an orthodontic office and sit in there. And now I can just get, you know, the information I need from my own computer. And so that's been really great. So virtual consults, you know, at first I was like, is this going to be a good thing? Um, like what's my conversion rate going to look like and that type of thing. But I think it really weeds out some patients as far as, um, you know, how serious they are about converting. Um, but it's been high. So we're in the mid sixties for our virtual consult conversion. You know, it's amazing how this is what I do now all the time. And so I'm on there and, and, um, yes, you still need to see patients in person, but, 
um, this can eliminate a good amount of appointments for the patients that don't necessarily want to come in. ClinCheck coordinator role, like I said, I took my best um, chair side assistant who had like the most knowledge um, and just understood orthodontics and mechanics and that type of thing. And it was tough to take her away from the chair side, but I look at her now as like my PA or my, you know, my nurse um, practitioner where she understands really well and we train and we go over cases together, but basically she submits and manages all my Invisalign patients from beginning to end. And when I say submit, she puts in all of their information. She puts in all of their uh, records. Um, she, what I have is a, um, I have a template for every different case type. So in the new patient exam, I'll write what type of case it is, say class two, div two with where. She knows that she takes that template, she puts it into the, um, you know, into the uh, Alliance site, into the doctor portal for that patient. So she essentially kind of works up that initial ClinCheck. Then the ClinCheck comes back. I review it in what's called Meister task. So here's a little scan log, just so you get an idea, because that's one of the big things is keeping track of who you scanned and what you scan them for. So we have this digital, um, you know, chair side. So that's always being updated. And then here's Meister test. So this is what I basically look at. And so Every day, all I have to do is go down my column, which is ready to review. That ready to review column then has all these patients. And all I do is I click on it and it's a, it, it's a hyperlink directly to their ClinCheck. I look at their ClinCheck. I usually on average will modify it one time using ClinCheck Pro. And then from there, it goes straight back to, um, you know, it goes and then I drag it. So let's say I make changes, I drag it into changes. If I need to type anything to my ClinCheck coordinator, I will. Or if it's ready to go, then I accept it on the portal and then I drag it to accepted column. And then that's a way for us to just keep track of everything. So all I do every day is I got my ready to reviews that I have to get through. And I just do it in between patients. I do it whenever because I try not to take anything home. But having my ClinCheck coordinator be able to do all this has really probably saved me 15 hours a week in front of a computer. Um, I have prescriptions chair side. So for example, this is like um, the new patient. And so I'll, I'll fill that out. That goes on to the ClinCheck coordinator's desk. She'll get 12 to 20 of these a day on her desk. Um, I do the same chair side whenever I'm doing a, uh, uh, you know, additional aligners if they need some fine tuning. I go on or I write down what we're gonna do. Are we gonna remove attachments or not? Are we gonna add attachments? Are we gonna replace things? What type of movement do I wanna see? And then that gets submitted. Um, and then I don't see it until it comes back into my ready to review column. And I just plan from there. So with three aligners to go, I scan the patients and then here's what the additional aligner form looks like. So it's just a condensed version of what you would see on the screen. Schedule-wise, so you kind of saw what I do for my new patient exams. I dispense at least 12 weeks of aligners, sometimes 15. My phase ones, I switch every five days. My teens, I switch every seven days. Most of my adults, I switch every seven days. If they're um, a lot older and they have some, you know, um, you know, some difficult tooth movements, sometimes I'll, I'll go to, down to a 10-day change rate. Um, so I try to systemize when I'm doing my IPR. So it's all consistent. So if I'm seeing them every 12 aligners, I want the IPR to be done before aligner 13, um, et cetera. Um, overcoming resistance from patients. I add a lot of value. My team all adds value to the aligners. They're all on board. Um, I always make a directed, you know, confident recommendation that I can treat them with aligners because I know that I can. Um, I let them know that there's compliance on both ends, whether you're doing braces or Invisalign, the compliance with Invisalign is wearing them. The compliance with braces is hygiene and, and those types of things. So they both come with responsibility. Um, less frequent appointments, less emergencies. Um, you know, I actually have some patients eat with the men, they trap less food than braces. Um, and, you know, if they're kids at lunch, they'll just eat with them, they'll rinse out. Um, it keeps their wear time up. 
I rarely get any decalcification with aligners and I get a lot of them with braces. So it's definitely better from a hygiene standpoint. Um, and then it's just great for our, our athletes, our musicians. I mean, pretty much all aspect of life. It's just a better experience. For me, it's a better experience because I don't have those emergencies, but I also am seeing the patients less. And therefore, although I'm paying a lab fee, that's uh, significant compared to my braces fee, I gain that on the back end because of the amount I see them and uh, the amount per visit. And since I can see them less, I can start many more patients, which the more aligners you do, you know, the studies show that your practice is going to grow more because aligner practices are growing faster than traditional practices um, based on most of the studies that I've seen. Um, and then therefore you can cut back on employees. So my average for full-time employee was 250,000, which that's pretty good for an aligner practice. Um, <clears throat> and then it's really about creating the demand for the patient. So for example, we can create good clinical outcomes. These cases I'm gonna show you, some are relatively easy like this guy. Um, this guy was treated in four months. Um, you know, you can see, you can get really good results you know, you can see this molar needs to settle in a little bit on the right, but you can get really good results with aligners and we can be really detailed if we want to. And I do do additional aligners. As you can see an open bite case, I finish a little bit open in the post here as insurance on my open bite cases if I can. Here's where you can see how much I was able to upright the teeth. Um, you can see it went from 109 for upper incisal to 131. Um, here's a patient has way too much wear for someone at the age of 13 it's due to the upright inner incisal angle and the deep bite. You can see that can be corrected with torque, with opening the bite. And then we just have a bunch of phase one patients that, you know, this one, I wouldn't probably even normally treat with a phase one, um, but she didn't like her, her gap and it became an aesthetic thing. And, you know, we, we all know we have some picky patients from time to time. And so it's, it's just a great way to be able to do that. But those patients that I was just showing you, like every patient has a story, right? And every patient has, um, you know, something going on outside of our practice. And I always like to find out about that. And then I like to utilize that or leverage that. So for me, becoming a high share of chair practice, it really came down to figuring out who the influencers are within my community. So we always talk about influencers and we talk about you know, these people on YouTube and stuff like that. Well, it's huge that a line has targeted these people because there's such a general awareness of um, aligners and Invisalign. And like, when I talk about orthodontics at this point, like, I think we're in the best possible situation we could be. Like, I think we're in the golden years of orthodontics. I know some people disagree. They're like, oh, that, that ship has sailed. But there's never been another time in the history of orthodontics that orthodontics has gotten as much attention from a marketing standpoint. I mean, we have companies, including a line spending hundred, I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars up to hundreds of millions of dollars to basically educate or tell, you know, add value to, to a nice smile. And so there's, there's so many patients out there that are looking for treatment. And as orthodontists being the top of the heap, right. Being, being a specialist, we should really benefit from that as long as we're able to continue to add value in what we're doing and why we're orthodontists and continuing to treat at a high level and give patients good experiences. If you can do that on patients that have some influence within your local community, those are the ones that are a lot easier to target for us as small businesses. And so those patients I just showed you, each one of these has a story, um, but each one of them had some you know, recognition within the community. So it can be a, it can be an athlete. It can be a, a, mu a musician, you know, a, a highly respected uh, dad that's a prosthodontist who every dentist in town knows how particular this guy is about occlusion. And somehow he trusted me to do Invisalign. Whereas traditionally people would say, oh, you can't be as detailed or you can't be as accurate as you can with braces. And, and that's not true. And so you know, those are ways that kind of add to that, um, add to that where they're like, oh my gosh, he's, he's letting his son be treated with Invisalign. 
and and he's getting that occlusion dialed in like his dad would demand of his kid and so that kind of made some ways within the dental community um we have models so that little gap like this girl's agent just didn't like it but she couldn't wear braces for her shoots or whatever so they wanted something removable Invisalign first was a perfect option for that so that's how I, I feel like I've just gained traction within the community. So not only has the adult cases grown, but the teens and the growing patients in the Invisalign first has really skyrocketed and, and therefore my production has, my profitability has, and overall my, my, my practice is just more fun. It's more fun to be in. Um, I'm having a better time. My days look better. There's less big emergencies with big appliances breaking, patients being uncomfortable, stuff like that. And so it's really just kind of a, it's a win-win for everybody. And I, and I really credit it back to, you know, the, the, the digital aspect of it. And it all starts around the Itero element scanners. And then it, you know, and then it goes throughout the systems within the office from, uh, you know, that, that whole digital platform that lines aligns created. So, um, in kind of closing, what I would love to, for everyone to take from this is hopefully just being prepared to, to future-proof your practice. And, and I think the best way we can do that is, is digitizing our practice um, because it eliminates some of the things that could happen and how much we have to see our patients. But with as busy as patients are, you know, a lot of times they don't want to be in as frequently as we think they want to be in. So um, it's really just kind of adding value to what we're doing. And if we're doing that, um, providing great experiences with great outcomes, um, which can be done in this digital kind of format, then it's gonna be a game changer for your practice. You're gonna to continue to grow. If unforeseen things happen, you're gonna to continue to survive and, and thrive. And so hopefully you all take that. And uh, what I'd love to do is just open it up for questions. I really appreciate um, your time and, and being part of this great event. Thank you, Dr. Ferris. We do have a couple questions for you. So how do you decide when to incorporate new technology into practice? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> like I like I said, I mean, I, I don't always, um, I don't always go into, um, you know, I'm not the first to, although I was the first to get the, the, the ITR element 5D, like that's not normally what I do. Like I usually wait a year or two, make sure that it's a good product, make sure that um, it's going to be something that I can differentiate from what I need. And I also look at what I need within my practice. So I look at how my practice is, um, you know, going as far as do I need another scanner Where's the holdup? Is am I waiting on one throughout the day that's causing patients to wait? Um, and so that's kind of the two things that I'm looking at. How can it be utilized within my practice? And then how can we, uh, um, you know, what what do we buy and and when do we buy it? As far as how how soon it has just come out. And so that's that's how I really decide on on that. And I, I crunch the numbers and and make sure that it that it obviously makes sense. But I've definitely seen what I call the aligner bump and people call the aligner bump because each time I buy an, I mean the aligner bump and the scanner bump, cause each time I buy a new scanner, my practice continues to grow and continues to produce more. So of all the technology in your office, what do you believe is the number one thing you couldn't practice without? I'm thinking it must be the iTero scanner. Yeah, I would say for sure. I mean, cause I can, I mean, I love using my CBCT and I, and I feel like I, um, you know, I gained so much knowledge about what's going on within uh, each person from that, but I could practice without it. And, and, you know, obviously people do, and we've uh, been trained to look in 2D um, as well. But yeah, I definitely at this point couldn't practice without an iTero scanner. There'd be no way to do the volume, no way to have the systems, no way to, to, to essentially um, start the cases because, that's kind of the centerpiece on how I educate patients, how I work with my referring doctors um, and how I create my aligners. And so, yeah, so I would definitely say that's the centerpiece that, um, you know, if, if you don't have one of those in your practice, um, you should definitely 
um, jump on board because that's a game changer. So how have efficiencies from being a digital practice affected your bottom line? Yeah, so I, I touched on it a bit in the in the um, the presentation, but definitely it's affected my bottom line in, in a very positive way. So, I mean, I've seen my Align Lab bill go up substantially, um, but in proportion to the production, you know, my my full-time employee, as you saw, is, is really, is really high. So if you can be in that $250,000 range of uh, collection per full-time employee, um, that's huge. Um, the, the bottom line has, has really improved just because my practice has grown so much. So, you know, when you are, produ you know, producing that much and you have that level of revenue, then all the other kind of fixed expenses, you know, go down from a percentage standpoint. And, um, and ultimately, it's just, you know, uh, more take home and without working harder. So it's, it's almost like you're working smarter and not harder, the more aligners that you do. So how do you decide on when it's time to add another interoral scanner to the practice? So are you, are you thinking you're going to add another one in six months or yeah, so I, yeah, I try to look, well, I mean, one is I, I listen to my team because I, I feel like my team has, has really good insight on like, hey, you know, because at one point we just had one scanner in the clinic. And well, one, I mean, when it, from the beginning, we had, we had one scanner, you know, and, and so what was challenging is, for example, like, we weren't scanning the new patient at the records part of their consult. So, then when they would decide to start treatment that day, then we had to move them out into clinic, take up a chair and take up the scanner to, to acquire the scan. Whereas now we have a dedicated scanner for the, the TC rooms. And so <clears throat> that way we're not, we're not taking up uh, a scanner for the clinic. And then we have multiple scanners out in the clinic because we do so many uh, aligners and, and we do uh, scans for additional aligners and scans for retainers and scans for orthodontic appliances and scans for indirect bonding. So um, yeah, I look at it like where, where are my uh, efficiencies being hampered because of the lack of it? And then, um, and then that's when I will acquire a new one. And so I don't have like a number on like, you know, this, how many cases you should do to, to have this many scanners, but I really just kind of feel it out from a system standpoint within my clinic on um, if there's ever a wait for them. And if that becomes consistent, then you should probably look at um, acquiring a new one. So you look more at how your day flows and how your week goes and how the schedule manages the patients. Exactly. So, yeah, so I'd say definitely, definitely dedicate one to your new patients for sure. And then, yeah, and then in clinic, I would evaluate it just, yeah, based on, on how your clinic's flowing and, and how, how your day-to-day -day goes um, and then go from there. So question I personally have is, did you find that the more scanners you have, you actually felt you needed more treatment coordinators? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was a scanner thing that, it's more of just a, uh, I think a volume of new patient exams. So like what I've noticed is as my, you know, as my aligner chair of chair has grown and as my practice has grown and um, as there's just been, it just seems like such a good time to, you know, with, with this, you call it the zoom effect where people are looking at their face all the time on the screen or forever people are wearing masks and, you know, being able to do orthodontic treatment during this time. It's just a good time to, to do orthodontics. And I think it's, you know, I've seen that as like a flood of patients come in the office, but, you know, there's only so many exams that you can see in one day. And so like when I built my new, like my old office, I only had in my other offices, I only have one treatment coordinator room. Now I have two. So then that way two treatment coordinators can work. Um, but then I like to have a scanner in each one of those rooms because I mean, you can definitely use the uh, My Tarot portal so you can scan them, 
and then you can bring the scanner into the other room and then you and scan the next new patient and then just bring it up on the screen. But I just like having the scanner in there. Um, it's just next to the chair. And so that's how we do that. But yeah, I would say I just base that on amount of new patients is the amount of TCs that I need. So where do you think technology is headed in dentistry in the future? I think that, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm convinced that the one of the biggest advancements in dentistry, I, I would say, and I say this to general dentists all the time, I think the biggest advancement in dentistry in the last 10 to 20 years has been aligners in Invisalign in general, because Invisalign then, you know, really kind of expedited what's being done in the scanner world and then creating this whole digital platform. And so like <clears throat> aligners are just huge for what we're doing in dentistry in general and kind of what it's, what's been created from it. Um, but with that being said, like now you're starting to see, um, you know, a line, for example, that, that is acquiring companies that are like a digital restorative planning um, platform. And so what I think we're going to see in the future is just, there's going to be consolidation across different uh, specialties and, and disciplines so that, you know, I can set up the aligner case while we're placing an implant at the same time. And I can then use that implant as anchorage. And then we can see the restorative outcome. And then we can work backwards on how much overbite and overjet or what type of clearance we need. Um, and so I think what's going to happen is we're just going to continue to really improve the softwares so that it's just going to be one big platform that, um, that kind of can work through all the different components of dentistry. And I think it's starting to happen already, but I think we'll see um, that over the next 10 years become a big thing. Full times. So I want to thank Align and Dr. Ferris for bringing this wonderful session to MISO. Please visit Align's Marketplace listing to ask any questions that you may have of them. Thank you for joining us tonight and be sure to take the test and complete the session evaluation in order to receive your CE credits for the session. Thank you again, Dr. Ferris. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much.